Rifling through those long boxes. It's gotta be here, it's gotta be here, it's gotta be here. Aha! Here it is! And bagging those books. I'm out of bags and boards again? Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. The Cosmic Force Podcast. A Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Parker Kirk, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello there and welcome back, guys, to the Cosmic Force Podcast, episode 71. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Caleb and Jacob. My name is Parker Kirk. Jacob and I took a little bit of a break last week. Uh, we had some stuff going on, but I thank you guys for hanging out and chatting with Caleb and Tim. That must have been awesome. I'm really, uh, I listened to the episode. I was really, I was really happy with how fun, how much fun you guys had. So, uh, yeah, but no, no, it's, it's good to be back. It's, uh, it, how have you guys been doing? Uh, not too bad. I mean, I'm back and I'm not in hotel land anymore, so that's good. Uh, school is happening, so less good. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I, I for, at least for the time being, I've I've kept up some some literacy. So when we get into uh, the things we've been reading, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. But yeah, no, overall happy to be back after my uh, my episode away. I, I I feel that on a spiritual level. So I mm-hmm. I'm in school right now too, and I've been putting off this math class for the like as long as i possibly could and now i'm finally at the point where i absolutely have to take college algebra and it's Mm. been 10 years since i was in a math class and so like i remember some of it but some of it also is just like training my brain to think in terms of like academic math and stuff like that again it's just uh so fun yeah no it's yeah it's terrible caleb what have you been up to sir what have I been up to? Uh, it's the high camp was on a like we recorded the episode with uh, Tim last uh, two like two Tuesdays ago, and I immediately left on vacation. So it's kind of like a big uh, vacation energy this entire week for me. And now, yeah, you know, I'm back from it. You know, celebrating my anniversary, and now it's you know back at kind of normal uh, operating levels here. So you know, it's kind of it was kind of uh, sneaking up on me today's episode. It's like, oh wait, I gotta get all these show notes and actually read all the comics, uh, <laughs> get my life put together. So no, it's been really good. It's been really good, and not to throw you under the bus, air Parker, but like <laughs> whenever someone talks about, oh man, college math was so hard. I like I struggled through differential equations, and that was a same, uh, same. Math. I did. I struggled. I struggled through differential equations twice. <laughs> Like in that's back when I was a physics major, and then I swapped, and then I I went to business classes, which you know, you know, at at that point everyone's like, oh man, accounting's so hard, there's so many numbers. I'm like, that that was like the easiest classes at all for me. It's like you know, I you know, it's like the Darth or the ba- not Darth Bane, but just normal Bane mean if you know the you Bane. were raised, you know, you I was raised in these dark equations. You simply tried to adopt them. Like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I have just never been. So I feel like you're either like. I don't know if it's still the case in adulthood, but when I was in high school, it felt like everybody was either an algebra algebra person or a geometry person. And mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. far and away a geometry person. That made so much sense to me. I got like a 98 in that class in high school, but I always struggled through algebra. A lot of that was effort-based. Like I still have a really good grade in this class, but it's just – it's not easy. It's not fun, but uh, good. I'm, I'm really glad you were. Uh, I'm happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Oh, to you. You. That's actually why I was out last last uh, episode, because I was also out for my anniversary. So I completely understand that. Happy for you guys. Um, but uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, I do want to say welcome. And if you're a return viewer, welcome back. The, you guys will know that we are a Star Wars comics podcast right here on utini.com. 
youtube.com, the Utini Podcast Network. You can watch us on youtube.com slash Utini, or you can watch us wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast, wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, we're there. If you like what you see and you want to say thanks, you can head over to our Patreon channel. That's patreon.com slash Utini, where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini Podcast Network of shows. Now, um, there's actually a, a I, nice update with that too. Yeah, there's. So, uh, okay. Legends. Yeah, you got it. Back. Like there's that's pretty. Legends look back, and also for Spotify or for sorry, well, yes, Spotify, but for Patreon users, in the past you've had to use a few different options to listen to the Patreon. Yes. Podcast feeds, and now Spotify and Patreon have direct integration, so you can go directly through the Spotify app, and you don't have to worry about. Let's be real. The Patreon like podcasting like platform not great. If you don't want to deal with like Pocket Casters or I, you know, whatever. I, I'm just a Google Podcast kind of guy myself. But now you have one of the more popular podcast platforms uh, with Spotify uh, using Patreon. So, yeah, it, it, honestly, like I don't, I don't really know like general demographics, but it does feel kind of like you know this. Uh, the Spotify is like making moves to be everybody's like default audio app. It seems like so, especially mm-hmm. with how many people I know listen to music. Like I listen to music on Spotify, but oh, yeah. I listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's just based out of convenience. Um, but I know there's a lot of people that that listen to both on Spotify. So it's really cool for all the uh, the convenience that 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 offers for everybody. So absolutely, though, Jacob, you're uh, you're you're right there. Um, but guys, I have been doing a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I mentioned last time I was on that I finished the, uh, the, I think I mentioned that I finished the fourth book of wax and Wayne era of Mistborn, seventh most novel. That was also, that was amazing. But I went on a little bit of a binge with okay. like, uh, lighthearted sci-fi over the last couple weeks. And I read the first book of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Ooh. which, oh my God, like it deserves oh. all of the hype it's ever gotten. It's so good. I don't know if have either of you ever read that. Yes, no. it's been a few years, but yes. Yeah, no, it's so good. It's so sarcastic, and like, it's the, funny to think that like it simultaneously pulls from a bunch of different sci-fi like influences, but also in a lot of ways it has influenced a lot of current sci-fi. So it's it's cool to see that like way it transcends the history of science fiction and. uh I don't know. It was just a really good book. It took me literally three and a half hours to read. Yeah. It, oh, wow. Still, like, it, yeah. It's the first of the, uh, of the five part trilogy. Yeah. 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 So I actually was able to, yeah, I don't know what yeah, five nope. part trilogy. It, it, that is literally the title. It's a five part trilogy. Okay. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> so I finished all of Hitchhiker's Guide, uh, the, the first one, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, and I, I read that all yesterday and then this morning, uh, like at the gym and stuff, I was listening to Restaurant at the End of the Universe, which is the second book. And it, it literally picks up five seconds after the first book. And I love when books do that. Like there's not nearly so much catching up and stuff like that to do, uh, especially coming from Mistborn, which spends kind of the first 15% of every book reintroducing all the characters and explaining everything again and again and again. So it was pretty refreshing. Precisely why I, uh, whenever I do like a Mistborn book, I always put like a book or two in between it, you know? Yeah. But Mm yes, and I I read the first Hitchhiker's Guide like four or five years ago. So now like I'm a little nervous that I guess if I go back, I'll might just have to catch up there or just read it again. Apparently it's a short read. So no, it, it Hitchhiker's Guide is a lot of fun. 
I'm kind of doing the fantasy version of that right now. I'm doing right now. I'm reading the uh, <clears throat> one of the books of the uh, Discworld series. Oh, I've reviewed, got into those. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I've read I've read Guards Guards, um, and it was really good. Love Terry Pratchett. Um, but he so I have a I have a book club I'm part of, and mm-hmm. those books are slated like going forward so i don't want to get too far ahead but i am dying to read the next one okay yes like hitchhiker's or hitchhiker's guide is to sci-fi as um the Discworld is to fantasy yeah <laughs> like, maybe and, like, maybe even better because like you know hit this world is both equally funny but there's some like very poignant moments in here terry pratchett did an amazing job with his uh work right now right now i'm going through uh was it um reaper man which is where oh, okay. death who is a uh, great in the audiobook he's played by i think uh Peter Serafinowicz, I think. Or, no, sorry, Bill Nighy, I think, is like the voice oh, of Death. Oh, wow, really? Like, in, like he, Death in this world is a great. In the, um, the uh, this will relate to Star Wars. They did a couple of the you old know, TV movies, and they always had Christopher Lee voicing Death in those okay. ones. <laughs> so, Death is such a, like, a, a really, like, a, such a great character throughout all those novels. Uh, but in this one, it's like he's the actual focus of the novel. So, uh, you know, I, to, to echo Parker here, like probably the best part to start with um, this world would probably be Guards Guards. There's a couple of, like, don't start with the first book, The Color of Magic. It's. You can it's, start with it. You can but... start with it, but it's like a pilot episode, if that yeah. makes sense. It's like, you know, it's like the proto version, the beta version of what this would become. Yeah. So it's like, okay, this is an inch, like, you know, this is the germination of very interesting seed that thankfully he was able to spin off and change in the right direction. So yeah, guards, guards, maybe the witches novels with uh, equal rights. Those are the mm-hmm. ones I've been going through. Those are really good. So like, he has such a really great wit to up and they're short reads too. Like all of them are like, you know, just very quick, you know, a few hours, like paper. five, six hours. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. yeah. So, you know, so yes, Jacob, you can actually read them. You should. I, uh, mm, some maybe someday <laughs> <laughs> the tbr is a little long right now it, it is a little long especially if like you know one of the last times i it was on here i was like maybe i'll read one piece uh so that you know again <laughs> that that's a monster ahead of me at some point so well the goal is to get you to sign up sign up for a new reading project every time you're on the show I uh, that's not very sustainable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's I, enough stuff. It's pretty sustainable. <laughs> like we can keep adding things to the list. You never have to take them off. Just add it to it. Yeah. I, yeah. I need I to be like one of these book talkers. That's like, I read 200 books this year. And like, what is how, uh, like, yeah. do you have a job? Like, do you like, is your job? I think it's a lot of like, uh, audiobooks to X speed flying through stuff yeah that's 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 a lot of what i do maybe there's a sort of person who has the audiobook and is reading a completely different novel and have like two trains of going okay so i i have several books that i read at a given time and i never used to be that person i was always somebody that had to read one book at a time and that was it but i read now a significant like four books up to about at a time because i'll just start one and then i'll get a little bored and sometimes if i want that vibe again like right now i'm three or four chapters into promise of blood which is the the powder mage trilogy if anybody's never ever heard of it um Mm -hmm. and that's it's by a guy named brian mcclellan he was in uh brandon sanderson's like writing class in byu and they're pretty good friends but he wrote a trilogy based on like 
the flintlock era of history um and the magic system's really good and if you're into like a high fantasy mood then that's a pretty good book to read but right now i'm on also like a pulpy science fiction like binge right now and so hitchhiker's guide and then i also read the first book of the bob verse and that was really good too so super right. super good um but yeah i read a bunch of books at a time all right all right guys we got to get to it because we got a lot okay. of comics to talk about today. Probably the uh, most in, in our instance to reboot here. Yeah, I would say so. We've got six different comics that we're talking about today, a whole trade. And these are the Return of the Jedi one shots. There's mm-hmm. six of these one shots. I'm going to go ahead and flash the covers up on screen right now for those of you who don't uh, who don't exactly know what we're talking about. But there's the Jabba's Palace one shot. There is let me get my mouse on the right screen. The Ewoks one shot. Lando one-shot, Empire, Rebellion, and of course, Max Rebo. Now, some of these are long. Like, this wasn't a typical... How did you guys feel about the length of these things? It depended like, on the story. Some of them, I think, like, I mean, they're all definitely... A little, most of them are a little longer. Uh, for some, I felt that was welcome. For some, it kind of dragged a bit for me. Um, but, I mean, these... The thing with all these comics is all different everyone is a different like story different time uh i mean some of them are during the movie some of them are before the movie yeah. uh different creative teams like you have they're very very different experiences they're all like you know loosely i mean there's no there's no interconnected plot they're just a grouping of like individual one shots so i you know you can it's very hard to talk to, about them collectively because there is no nothing really Besides the fact that they're vaguely around movie, there's nothing like tying them together or anything. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Jay, or Caleb, what do you think? Uh, I, uh, I'm just going to echo what Jacob said. Like, it, they are very, very interesting. I do feel like some of them dragged a little bit. Like, you know, some it felt like those 30 uh, issues, like the uh, the uh, was it the Empire one that didn't feel like 30 pages at all. That felt like 10 pages. It went so quick. Yeah. The, on the flip side, the Rebellion that felt like it was like it desperately needed to be its own mini series. Like you like that. There's a lot of plot in that that definitely needed to be in like three issues. There. I um, mean, they fit like a whole like murder mystery caper in a single <laughs> issue from start exactly. to finish. It was a lot. It was a lot. So you know, some are. I, I feel like some are better better than others mainly maybe it's because of there's a difference in quality mainly because it's just a difference of taste i feel like you know we're we can't like jacob said it's hard to compare these ones so it's like we have six completely different like meals in front of us you know one's a sweet one's a savory one's like a fried meal like all of them are well done but you know you're given all six of them at the same time it's hard to pick which one you know is the best it's more like which one are you most hungry for yeah, yeah. Uh, in the case of the Rebellion one, I almost kind of felt that, you know, you said sweet, savory. I feel like uh, the Rebellion one might have been one of those sushi carousel restaurants where you're just like, mm-hmm. more food? Okay, uh, I can do more food, I suppose. <laughs> uh, I forget which one of you it was, even though it happened five minutes ago. But before we went live, one of uh, one of you mentioned, like, you turn the page, you're like, oh, there's more of this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that's kind of like what it felt like for that one in particular. But like you mentioned, uh, I loved the Empire issue. Uh, mm-hmm. I I really liked the Ewok issue, if only just for even if it was just like an exhibit in an art museum, I would have loved that. Uh, and which is almost kind of what it felt like. It felt like go ahead and flex your flex your uh, muscles there. 
Um, but these are brought to you by like a variety of different creative teams. They were written by several different writers. We had Daniel Jose Older in there. We had several different writers that got involved and in, uh, were able to bring us all these different one shots. They were released over from April until what last week? Mm, two weeks ago, I think something two like weeks that. Ago. Yeah. So they've been coming out consistently over the course of this past year, um, and they were really good. Uh, so the creative teams, if you really want to know what the creative teams are, go ahead and look each one of the issues up or just go read them and they're right in the front there, but they were incredible. Some of these different issues and we're going to get in, I'm going to pull up some panels and stuff like that. We can talk about them, but some of these different issues were able to show even inside a single one, you'd see several different artistic styles and stuff like that that were used really effectively to convey tone. Like we'll get to the Ewoks issue, but in Ewoks, especially like you went from this super happy, like family story to like death incarnate. And it was awesome. Mm -hmm. For sure. So do I just want to kick it off with Jabba's Palace then? Yeah, exactly. Jabba's Palace. So, Jabba's Palace. Not to be confused with Tales of Jabba's Palace, which is a novel. And then also there's going to be Tales from Jabba's Tales Palace. From, the, Tales from the Rancor Pit. The from company, the Rancor Pit. Right. The right. like Kevin Scott comic. Exactly. That's uh the uh that's gonna be the not Dark Horse, but the IDW or sorry, yeah, the Dark no, Horse. No, that is Dark Horse. Yeah. yeah, the former IDW now Dark Horse like series. So anyway. Jabba's Palace uh, stars the st ugh, follows the story of the fall of ADEM, the old translator droid. You know, it starts with a scene uh, from the actual movie episode six, where you know uh, C three PO and R two D two are shown the from the interrogator droid, the previous uh, one that displeased Jabba as it explodes and you know sparks fly everywhere. And if you ever thought, I wonder what how he wound up there. This is the story. Uh, that droid who fell into a scheme by a conniving con man or con twilight attempting to kill or <laughs> undermine Jabba's uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, position there, but through a twist of his table to gain. But in the end, Jabba always wins. So, um, what do we, how do we feel about this issue? Like, it's the first one of the series, so it was kind of like a, okay, is this. Like, I feel like as weird as it sounds, or as obvious as it sounds, it's more like the Max Repo one, which we'll get into later, because it focuses on, like, a very specific, like, area. You know, I, one of my favorite parts of this comic is just seeing, like, all the crowd shots of Jabba's Palace and seeing all the familiar characters, you know? For sure. It's been, like, I think at my opinion of this has changed over time and it's not even like anything to, that it's the comics fault it's just there are so many like we were talking about this before the show so many stories where like someone's trying to kill jabba in the court that we've like gotten lately that i'm like it's hard for me to keep track of what is what like we had this one max rebo kind of does the same thing um it seems like maybe like the star wars like mainline might be heading in that direction too like there's just lots of like assassination plots around Jabba, which makes sense. He, you know, he is a uh, big uh, slimy gangster, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall it's a very cool thing. And like, I also, I do love, even though there wasn't as much of the focus, I do love, uh, was it EV 99? The, uh, the droid down in the, in the pit. Hmm. Wait, what was his name? EV, it's that, that's the one that like heads up like the droid. Oh, area. The, uh, the, the interrogator droid type. Yeah. 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 No, he was I, really I, good. Oh yeah, like there's a lot of like interesting things here. I feel like this one was maybe held back in that you know this wasn't like you know ADEM. Like no one really is. It's not everyone's favorite like droid. It's and none of the characters that were the focus of this were like characters we were familiar with. You know, there's the uh, the con the uh, the Twilight con man. But since you've never seen him, 
in live action or anywhere else. You're like, oh, well, he's going to die at the end of this. You know, they they had a uh, an Asaurian bounty hunter or enforcer that we also knew probably wasn't going to make it out of here. So it, there's some really fun issues and uh, like moments in here, but it definitely kind of felt like this might be a very harsh of me to say, but I felt like because it will apply to a lot of these, there's kind of just like a plot cul-de-sac. You know, we end in the exact same place where we began practically. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's hard with what, I mean, that's, you're never going to get like any extreme change because they're all kind of just setting up for, you know, they're all in theory setting up for the movie. It's just like, you know, this is what's leading up to it. So, you know, we know Jabba has to be alive at the end of this thing. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, it's cool to see the inner workings of the castle and um, the inner workings of the court around Jabba, along with, you know, all these characters you said. Also, um, oh gosh, his major domo. Uh, uh, the other Twilight. Bit Fortuna. Bit Fortuna. Yeah, like all these like character interactions are fun. Also, I know there are many. Um, uh, on Twitter and stuff. I know there are many Twilight enjoyers uh, and I, I do believe Khan probably fulfilled some, some, uh, some needs for that. So, uh, but no, I mean, it was, it was fun. The art is also, I think the, uh, the, the overall, like again, Khan as well, his look super, super cool. I mean, he's kind of jacked, he's rich yeah. and he has an eye patch. I mean, like that's, it's, it's pretty great villain design. If I do say so myself, even Absolutely. his, what are they called? Even his, uh, uh Leku, yeah, Leku, yeah. Even his Leku are jacked. Like, look at the muscle tone on these freaking <laughs> Leku right here. Like, this dude hits the gym. He definitely head presses like you know a For lot. Sure. <laughs> um, I thought that the story was good. Like you said, there's always that withhold- withholding, uh, like that that feeling of like, okay, this it's not gonna matter too much in the grand scheme of things. For those of you who don't know, these all these one shots were released. Uh, as part of the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi celebration, kind of like we're getting the, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi later on. Um, Utini's review of that is forthcoming, so make sure that you go to utini.com and check that out. But actually, by the time you, by the time you listen to this episode, it will be out. Yeah, it will be out. So go ahead and check out a review on utini.com. I know that Eric is very excited to put that out. We're going to have a video and everything like that, so definitely keep up with that. But... I was a big fan of the way that it was able to – there was a lot of – it's it's almost a compliment and, and a problem because there was a lot of story going on here, and we've said that already about like the rebellion issue. It almost felt like some of these should have been two issues or maybe even three, been their own like little miniseries or something like that because there's a lot going on. But it was cool. Like A lot of these are basically like, oh, cool concept. Let's write a little bit of a story about them. and. They, they definitely accomplish this because all we ever hear, it's like a throwaway line. It's like the classic Star Wars. We're going to write a comic about a throwaway line from the movie. A little bit of backstory mm-hmm. that was kind of off screen for the movies. This is a pretty good example of that being pretty readable and, and, and enjoyable. For sure. Absolutely. Do you want to move on to Ewoks? Yes. So simultaneously, my favorite and least favorite of the. because Okay, so I love the art in Ewoks. Oh, hold on. Well, let, let's do the quick overview here. So Ewoks yeah, sorry. is a tale within a tale like there's literally a framing story of you see the ewoks together uh you know they're telling stories around a big uh campfire there and we get three stories first one is the wooklings tale about a young ewok sneaking off and having adventures with a equally young dulock child until both of their parents catch them but then they all learn the importance of not having prejudice and getting along together just so you know it took me i kid you not like 
10 minutes to try to find out, okay, what is the name of that creature? Like, the green I had to go thing? <laughs> yeah, the green thing. I had to go to, like, okay, uh, onto Wikipedia, I had to go to, like, the indoor thing, Legends, and, like, okay, Denizens, and, like, oh, there's, like, 12 different creatures that, sentient creatures on indoor. I was like, okay, I have to open every single one of those, including that guy from the uh, special edition of episode six, the CGI who comes in with the, uh, who screams, you know, don't like walk, the, uh, the singer. <laughs> really? Oh. He's a native of indoor. Oh, really? Um, yes. I know his name. I'm I... sure you do. Oh, uh, hang on. But oh, yeah, like hey, that guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy, the CGI guy. You know, he they're natives to to indoor. So apparently, indoor is super popular. Anyway, it, it's a very Susian art style in here. Very cute. And then you know they learned that you know you gotta get along with your neighbor. Then that immediately, like you can, t like in the frame story, it's actually a literal counter to the story. We get a uh, palpo, was this Paplu's uh, tale uh, about an Ewok coming across a massacred hunting party and then slowly being chased down by the Gorax who did it, slowly losing ground, slowly losing ground as it stalks him through the uh, dark, you know, haunted forest until finally being devoured by the giant beast. This one is real weird it's a great well we'll get into this more in a little bit detail because the final story is peepka's tale which shows a young ewok cobbling together her own spaceship and then leaving indoor i and uh then, yeah, just in india the little series ends so i loved the art and what i was getting at with this is like my favorite and also my least favorite so i'm not okay. great with not being first of all i'm not the biggest star wars lore buff so i'm really glad okay. that you did your your homework and went and found out what the other species in in that first story was See, uh, because you, you said, <laughs> yeah it's like you're like I, I i went all this like wikipedia hunting for it you could have just messaged trev and he would be like ah yes based on the 1982 ewoks cartoon it is definitely <laughs> i do like i knew i could have i knew i could have but there's something rewarding about finding that yourself That's fair. So in that vein, uh, the, not the message Trev vein, but I was like, hey, I justified it to myself totally in the moment where I was I was reading the story and went, hmm, don't know what that is. But you know what I'm going to do? That's content. I'm going to ask Jacob and Caleb about it on the podcast and they'll have the answer because they know way more than me. Exactly. And like, it, OK, this is a quick question. Like, Jacob, have you ever seen any of that uh, Ewoks cartoon? Oh, absolutely not. Neither. Like, I feel like both of us are like, you know, all three of us then are like all completely out at age range there. It wasn't on television when we were kids. Yeah, not alive. It, it never was. I don't know if, if I ever really wound up on VHS, like never like even knew about it until I was a teenager. So like, you know, just like Susie and Duloc, you know, uh, you know, uh, indoors or, you know, Ewoks of Justice, whatever the series was. No idea about it, but Caravan of Courage. Uh, those were the live action movies. There's yeah, two yeah. One. Or, yes, there was a live action movies about them like Swiss Family Robinson in themselves out of uh, Ewok territory. It's interesting. Okay. Apparently, Ewoks were super marketed. I had no idea they were that popular. Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned that. So when we were making Utini Academy, I was in charge of uh, recording one of the videos about that brought it, Legends into account and like what was canon and what was Legends. And uh, I tried to slip it by the editors, but they wouldn't do it because we have such a good editing team that knows actually knows more about Star Wars than the people on camera sometimes. Uh, but Oz caught me when I was like, yeah, no, the Ewok movies, those are canon. And then he <laughs> threw his little disclaimer in there on he's top like, no. of me. So <laughs> he's like, no, they're not. Uh, uh, but yeah, I've never, I've never seen them to be honest. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I love the Ewoks as a character, and it's just like people Ewoks get crap because they were like the marketing character, kind of like the Porgs from the sequel trilogy and things like that. But I think they're adorable, and and like especially like you said in this like Susian art style, they were super cute, and this yeah. was awesome. So was that yeah. your favorite of the three? Of the th- no, actually, I have my panel. We'll get to it. It's the okay, third okay. the third story arc in this issue, but it's my favorite panel is uh, definitely uh, it's it's coming up. Yeah, really? No, okay. This, this one was super cute. I, 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 I think Ewoks is probably my favorite issue out of all of them, like as a whole. But really, I, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it, and we will get to more of like the things I, you know, this story is fun. The the second story, I guess, kind of transitioned to that the like more horror themed mm-hmm. one. Yeah, reminds me a lot. There was a one of Kevin Scott's Vader Vader's Castle stories. With something oh, yes. very similar that with, was like also I think it was the yeah. same creature as a Gorax. Also, I think had like lots of black and red themed art style. This one, oh, it like almost like looks. This panel specifically is like has like it's like where the wild things are if it was like demented. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a uh, this this got me. I'm not gonna lie. So uh, I was reading it on my iPad. And I was sitting at work on my lunch break, and I was watch. I was reading the uh, Ewok, the first story, and then somebody walked by my desk and saw what I was reading, and they were like, "Oh, that's cool. I love Star Wars." And I was like, "Yeah, nice." And then they were like leaving the office, and then they came back in like two minutes later, and I was reading this story, and they were like, "Wow, holy cow, that was a uh, that was a bit of a transition that you went through there." And I was like, uh, "Yeah, I don't know what's happening right now." <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> oh, apparently, this artist has drawn a, a good amount of carnage and venom, and I think that Ooh. that tracks quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Now that yeah. you say that, it makes sense. Like, I do. I, I love this this second story here. If only also because it's it's great. It's very you know horror esque, which I'm not usually a fan of. But I love it in small bits like this. I do love how in the they kind of justify it with the like overarching story of how you know you could tell like one Ewok is tired of like oh why, why are we telling the kids like you know happy stories we need to tell them scary stories and like scared up pants out of them we need to scare the piss out of these little Ewoks or these little <laughs> so that you know they get real scared of dark and then he tells them this horrible story where you hit know, their et at the end and it's such a I, I it gives me such remembrances of like campfires and like scary stories and things like that so I, I do love how it, it fits into this like arc here yeah definitely sure. somebody at that campfire was like too many smiles too much excitement let's bring this <laughs> down a little bit exactly but this panel specifically uh looking at it if you're watching the youtube version you can see so this is what really makes a lot of like the carnage tie definitely makes a lot yeah. of sense here so yeah for sure r.i.p wicket uh, <laughs> you're a real one. Exactly. <laughs> I call pretty much every Ewok I see Wicket. So like, yeah. no, the, the, he has he has like the red cowl. Yeah. The only reason I know any uh, Ewok names is the Galaxy of Heroes mobile game because uh, they were oh, okay. actually like a, a decent faction. Okay. Is that that's is this still going? Because I've seen it oh, a few yeah. times and I've thought about getting into. Don't it. don't do it. <laughs> uh, it's um. It's a time sink. If you want to be good, you have to be like insanely dedicated, like follow like a like a build guide um, and be like always on or you spend a lot of money. It is literally Clash of Clans is a mobile game that 
even it came out like 2015 2014-ish by i know by like 2018 it had grossed a billion dollars oh i have a friend and i'm not going to name names here because you know uh, this might get back to his wife because he said he was playing it accidentally and there's a big the entire time you're playing it there's a giant hyperspace button there and he said one time oh, he was like, what happens if you press it like no, well like well, i know exactly what, what that is I want to see what I get if I press the hyperspace button here. And he pressed it thinking it should pull up a menu of like, hey, these are all the heroes you get. Nope, it charged him $99. Yeah. And it just like instantly charged him $99, but it unlocked everything. Yeah. Yeah. They added that that around the time I left the game in like 2018, 2019. Yeah. It was like a. Because the whole game, you have to like level up your account Mm -hmm. to 85. And when you, I think it was 85. And once you hit 85, the real game starts. Uh, But this would give you a bunch of characters like decently well leveled up and just skip you straight to level 85 for a hundred bucks. Cause otherwise yeah. it would take you maybe like a month or two to like okay. to a fully, like a, if a plane like dedicated to like get to the, that level to okay, again, so where you can actually start playing. That's it's so funny. So that's like why I never got into wow because mm-hmm. I had a lot of friends and I feel like I would love it eventually, but I never wanted to pay. It's like forty bucks, I think, to boost up your account. Like, uh, and or you then... just played a game. You know, the game was fun. So I have played a little bit. I think I got a character up to like level thirty-five or thirty-six or whatever. And the story is pretty decent. It's also just like I lose interest with grinds really quick. And so if I feel like I'm doing a lot of like deliver quests and stuff like that, then I don't know. I, don't know. I, I start getting really bored really quick. So. Yeah, I was I was bad I was bad into WoW in my like early college, you know, like after Lich King era. But in like many things, I realized like if I don't step off this train like at this exact point where I can, Mm -hmm. this train will keep going for like the next twenty years. Yeah, like it's not gonna stop. Like there'll never be an end of World of Warcraft. Yeah, I have to step off while I still can. So is that you now with Star Wars comics or, you know, it, listen, it's not that I've now I've suddenly like unlocked a, you know, the, the secret 12th hour of the day or anything like that. I've filled that time with many other things, but, mm-hmm. you know, but, ne- but not in our MMO. I have not gone back right. you know, full time to an MMO. Well, I've never been was... the MMO guy. For yeah, sure. I've, I've gone in bursts. Like, I think I, I played like a month of Eve online at one point. Um, and that Spread was like super online. chill. Uh, it's spreadsheets in space, man. Like I was just sitting there, sitting around mining and like, it was just fun. And I had like these grand dreams of like running some sort of <laughs> like trade thing, being like a merchant in the whole world. But if you're not into Eve and you're not spending money on Eve, it's never going to happen. So, all right. Anyways, there is right. another, there is another story in this. Eve it's one. the best one. It is okay. the best one. Really? Okay. Because it's okay. Mm-hmm. So it is, this one's written by Alyssa Wong it stars motherfucking Peekpa. Peekpa, we stand Peekpa. Uh, Peekpa, if you don't know, she is from Last Shot. She is a mm-hmm. slicer Ewok. Um, that yes, uh, is like even in like in the canon, there is uh, in the book Last Shot. There is a Gungan who also literally stands Peekpa. So like you know, <laughs> uh, it, I Peekpa has definitely like a ride or die crew on Twitter, and I'm a part of it. Uh, very excited to see her come back in this story and she's yeah. not done either she will make some sort of appearance in the return of the jedi from a certain point of view because oh, really? Alyssa. so this actually this story right here uh the scout trooper you see flipping over um 
Alyssa Wong's stories about that scout trooper. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's <laughs> yes. sick. Okay, that, 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 I'm super much more invested in this one. Like, I do know. I am glad we got Peak Buzz like uh, origin story for like a better term here. Yeah, because she manages to basically build herself a spaceship out of an ATST head, and then fly off of uh, Endor to go join the New Republic. This so. this panel right here is the one that I was talking about is my favorite. It's like the mm-hmm. most. It reminds me of the the part from it's either frozen or frozen too. I don't remember, but when Olaf like stares at the sky and then snaps on his glass goggles and then goes diving off of the hill. This is what, that's the vibe that this gave me. It was just really cute. I love the art in this, uh, in this particular. I also, I found out like literally like a couple hours ago that apparently there was a peak pin that was made at one point um, with the uh, convention version of last shot, which is a very gorgeous cover. Uh, okay. Apparently, there's a little peak pa, like enamel pin that you got with it. I did. I knew about the cover. I never knew there was a pin of peak pa. So now I guess I have a new goal. Uh, that'll be on eBay for two hundred dollars somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, what did you, you think about this one, Caleb? Oh, uh, okay. And now I feel bad saying it, but I feel like this was like my least favorite of the three. That's like, fair. I felt like it, it was fun. It was cute, but like you know, I. It felt like kind of a weird way to end like the trilogy, if for like a fair term. We had like the happy story. We had the um, we had this uh, like kind of scary story. story, and then we had the story about, and then you know the smartest of us left this uh, podunk town and and went away. It's like that, that, like it was an interesting story, but I felt like it kind of left a trilogy that they were trying to work up for, not really a trilogy, but it was kind of a strange way to just like end up that this uh, book series or this issue single issue of the comic yeah i it was interesting that they were that they told three so very different stories and they did but they did do a good job of like illustrating different parts of ewok life like i don't know these were very popular characters when they first came out they've in in ways really risen in popularity with with time and to see kind of behind the curtain a little bit and see like little family matters and like the horrors of going and hunting and feeding your family but on top of that being the ingenuity side like i don't know it it uh ewokizes humanizes ewokizes the characters a little bit i think it's pretty good all right yeah absolutely well after this one we do have you know another uh fun one here if uh another fan favorite character next one is uh lando uh and this one stars lando and Chewie as they're on the hunt for the blueprints of jabba's palace you know trying to set up the big heist to get han back when their vid when the vendor is charging exorbitant prices lando must hit up an old friend's uh, gambling hall to make good but it ends with a re- imperial raid and a should it shootout but you know lando always gets his uh gets it the, his way and he does wind up uh, acquiring the uh, plans his through a friend so uh, it ends with them um, rocketing off again to save the uh, uh, Han Solo so uh, you know this one was a Kavanar a Kavanar like good one here it felt like a like it, they could have like dropped this almost into like uh, Star Wars mainline series and yeah. no one would have batted an eye really I have questions now because I, I was just thinking about this Lando is literally in the Star Wars mainline headed to Jabba's palace right now. So does he need the plans? He's about to see the inside of it himself. Um, I mean, maybe I guess if he's going to work there, he might need to know like some back areas. For, for he's, the trying movie. To find a, 
back areas or where the power conduits go. Well, the other thing is like, you know, it's not like this guy, whoever they found, like built it. Like this was like a monastery of the uh, Bar or monks, Bar Um uh, monks. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Bomar, I think. Bomar monks, yeah, the guys with the, the brains. The brains jars. in the jar, yeah, exactly. So they probably maybe found a uh, subcontractor who ran the uh, the you know, uh, power and got it up to code afterwards. I, really I don't like know. The, they didn't yeah. get it much into his plans. Like they're relatively vague about his plans in this issue. Like <laughs> we need, other than I need the plans. It, it feels like this would be like a, um, like a montage in a uh, like a part of a montage in a heist movie. You know, it's like mm-hmm. them getting to plants, like paint a guy for the uh, blueprints. You know. Yeah, which I guess is perfect for a one shot. You know, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What I really did, I think, enjoy from this is the coloring work on it. Uh, oh, I guess yeah. the the coloring's by Antonio Fabella. It kind of like it's, it reminds me of like oh I don't know like seventies or eighties like newspaper strip comics. Yeah, mm. I was just gonna it's, say it has a golden age kind of feel. A yeah. golden age or kind of like that old like Marvel you know, version of it. You know, in the kind of the kind of the later Mar- Marvel into like the eighties that kind of real bright sort of coloring here. It was. Like it was good. Like this is a weird pull here, but I don't know. Like the casino with the with that had the um the um the Imperial Raider on it. I got mad vibes of remember that one from Star Wars Vision season two, the French one with like the nightclub. I don't know for some reason I like huh. I I was like really reminded of that. Like when the Imperial came and like you know like a uh, the the nightclub standing up for to these like Imperial Raiders here. I I maybe still need to finish Vision season two. <laughs> Halfway through, and like my wife and I watched, and like, wow, these are all really good, but also sometimes emotionally devastating. So, like, you know, I, I haven't started them, so they're like they're really really good, but like it's they're not an easy light watch for lack of a better term. It's like they they mm-hmm. can be kind of heavy there, so you know it's not like some like, hey, honey, do you want to eat dinner and you know get and have our Guts punched out by yo sister's mourning her dead mother. No, Why maybe not? we'll just watch Rebels again. Okay, I so as far as this story goes, your point to the casino scene, I'm a big fan. Uh, anytime Lando's playing Sabak, I'm in. I'm bought. That does it. help. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, like so, the whole gambling scene. I was just flipping through some of the panels here, but the, I I loved it. It was really fun. I. I, the ultimate cliffhanger for me is always the like, was he cheating or wasn't he cheating thing that Lando gets so often. I feel like he gets that treatment like all the time. And the answer is always yes. Yeah, the answer is yes, but I need the confirmation. I need the yeah. closure to know like, okay, how did, did he have the exact same Savak deck just happen to have it tucked away up his sleeve? Like, how does he always figure out a way to win? He can literally go up to somebody and ask them to play Savak. They can say, you'll cheat me again and he'll be like yeah yeah but still let's play Sabak, and then they'll agree and he'll win every time like, like it's, it's a, such a predictable oh yeah a, a fun detail is like the table they're actually playing on is a Sabak card it's like that like hexagonal yeah, yeah. like card it? It, I... it, it's great yeah it's great when uh when you see chewy pick it up and throw out a bunch of stormtroopers like, it's mm-hmm. pretty obvious there all right now here's a, like a, a wild question i know there are technically official rules but do you guys feel like the three of us of the three of us like would you guys be good sabak players would you actually like understand how to play sabak 
So it's, I mean, like for those of, for those who don't know, it is a real game that you can mm-hmm. buy and play. And I own mm-hmm. a deck, and that doesn't translate to knowing how to play because I've never even opened the deck. I think I just have it to have it. I would love to play someday, but uh, I wonder, could you? <laughs> you guys ever tried to convince non Star Wars people or non fans of a thing to do a very fan ish thing? It's impossible. It doesn't go like, well. Enjoy, no. I can't have people who don't aren't like massive Star Wars fans like over for board game night. Be like, hey, do you guys want to play that card game that kind of gets mentioned in a spinoff movie? You just you just can't. Min- you just don't tell them what it's from. Just like, hey, I got this cool new card game. It's called Sabak. I want to try it out. And you might be able to you could make something happen. I feel like I, I could pass it off because I don't think this, the rules even mention anything to do with Star Wars. So well, they do know. use credits. So, but that's a yeah. pretty generic, you know. You could use chips. Yeah, chips, anything yeah. like that. Um, the the closest I get is um, playing Pazak in Kotor, and that doesn't always okay. go well for me. So I'm gonna assume I'd be a pretty bad Sabak player as well. Yeah, yeah, like Pazak. I feel like was one of those like it's interesting it's like wow like after you like do the tutorial of it it's like hey do you want to play this in every bar you go to Nah, i don't need money anymore i i could sell 16 lightsabers and get like a thousand credits each i it's don't need a place to buy it's for money yeah it's only important on terrace where like if you want to get things before it gets you know leveled you gotta get some money exactly Exactly. I uh, I always love those like spinoff games though, like Gwent. Yeah, Gwent. Big, yep, Gwent, big Gwent <laughs> guy. Uh, but spin-off I don't game that like... got its own game. Yeah, spinoff game that got its own game. Uh, but so I, it's funny though because Gwent had its moment and then it just went away completely. Yeah. It's pretty much gone now. It was on Steam and like there's like seven people still. I really, if you are one love... of the seven people still playing Gwent on Steam, keep it up. Nice. I really <laughs> love the like Hollow Chess mini game in uh, Jedi Survivor. Okay. I had a lot of fun with that until I beat all the levels. I'm like, well, I, this is it. I <laughs> wish there was like a Gwent style spinoff game because I did have a lot of fun with that. Even though like there was like one or two like loadouts, I was like so overpowered. It didn't really matter what you got put against you. So it kind of took away the strategy once I got that figured out. But, you know, yeah. still had a lot of fun with it. Playing that against playing any of those games against real people gets fun, and then it's like it's almost it's like a novelty thing. It's like oh, this was fun, but yeah, you know. All right, anyways, designing <laughs> games is hard, and if you're doing it for a video game, you're probably not designing the best game in the world. I feel like it's fair. Yeah, it's it's like you know this will be a fun distraction from the main game there. Yeah, and especially to grab like someone like me, I'm a big like do only amount the amount of side quests I need to progress through the. Main oh, that's story. not me. Ooh, oh, that's wow, me. Okay. That's me, like, and uh, things like Gwent don't normally grab my attention. So mm. the fact that it did was pretty impressive. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm the sort of person with with Jacob there. Like it's I ha- don't have to do like 100 percent of all the side content, but if it's like a nice like side quest that looks there, I'll always do that. Like I like yeah. I have a problem. But it's like oh, continue the main quest or do 10 hours of side quests. Like oh boy, side quest time. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah. I uh I don't know. It depends on the game for me because like Borderlands, I remember Borderlands and Borderlands Two. I did every everything you could do in that game a couple times over with every character, so that was a lot of fun. And then like Spider Man, I was talking about I 100 of the Spider Man game, which might be the only game I've actually 100 percent 100 percented. Like I've... I even did the ones where I had to run up Avengers Tower for three hours so I could get all of the oh, God. run run 17 miles or whatever it was <laughs> bar filled up all the way. Oh man, well. Uh, do you want to move on to Empire? Oh yeah, speaking of yeah, comics, yeah, uh, Empire. <laughs> uh, 
So this one, uh, this one's a fun one. This one stars a brand new character, Rilo Grinth. It's a mid-level tech uh, conscripted by the Empire to work on a remote outpost on the forest moon of Indor. He has some difficulty fitting in, but eventually, after several setbacks, he just knuckles down and decides to just focus on his job and do it as best as he can. Unfortunately, his loyalty to Empire does not save him from being spirited away to an Imperial work camp after they he accesses some restricted files in the name of doing good. Uh, yep, that, that this one was a lot of fun. I really liked the kind of focused narrative of it. Like it had a really good like ending here. I like how it kind of played on the theme of like the harder you try in the Empire, oftentimes out the worst you get. You know. Like, you know, that the, the nail that sticks up gets hammered down sort of dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's... Sorry, go ahead. I was like, there are a, a few cool things I really enjoyed. Like, because his family, like, was like, a, owned a private company and that got acquired by the Empire. And then they brought him as like a technician, which is like, kind of reminds me of like the OG Thrawn novel where like, they're like scooping up like mining facilities and stuff everywhere mm. and being like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you're, you're, uh, you've, <laughs> your private company is now a uh, part of the empire. Um, but then I, the coolest part of this is I think the end where he goes to like, just it's straight up like an Andor style, like work yeah. prison. It's the same, same, same setup, same uniform, same barracks. Like as like, I remember like reading this and you see like, yeah, you see like the orange uniform. You're like, Whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think that definitely gave a good. Uh, although it kind of tries to end it on, on a, a, an uplifting note, but you're like, he's never leaving that prison. Um, no. Luckily, like I guess you know, if the empire is getting overthrown, probably in the next couple weeks, timeline wise, maybe he could survive um, to get liberated. But uh, but then yeah. he joins the new republic, and we all know how well that goes. Hey, he can. You know, it, if he can keep his head down, maybe that's a lesson he learned in this comic book. Like Caleb said, he can probably yeah, like, be okay. Now, one thing I'm I'm interested in is because after, like, at the very end, like, he has like a Deveronian roommate, and he drops his name. It's like that's interesting. Like, they gave a name to someone that's in like literally four panels here. Like, do you think? this isn't the last we see of him or do you think like Jody Hauser here has some like interest in like coming back and doing like some more uh, stories with this character here. Cause I feel like you could do some interesting things like a, a po like a, a breakout after, as we said, after the end of the empire, there's some, uh, there's some groundwork here for this character. I feel like I, part of me, maybe it's just wishful thinking. I don't think we, we've seen the last of uh, was this Rilo Grinth. Yeah. I feel like uh, based on the theme that each one of these are kind of like based on a throwaway line or, or or a very small aspect of Star Wars itself, it's almost like this could have been written in retrospect or I, I don't know what the forward version of that, like written before the thing that references it. So like maybe we get a story that involves his dad or maybe we get a story where somebody does break those prisoners out of that prison or something. And then you're like, oh, I remember that guy. If it ever gets referenced again, any of these characters, it's going to be in something else that Jody Hauser writes. So oh, absolutely. The next time she's writing comics, keep an eye out for Crib, keep an eye out for uh, Rilo, and maybe you'll see something. But um, or even the corporation was it the Grinth Corporation or Grinth? Yeah, yeah. Grinth Technologies. Yeah, that one. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. You I never know. That. The 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 art here was like 
pretty good. I liked it. Um, it wasn't like, you know, didn't completely sweep me off my feet, but I, I think that it was really good and really solid mm-hmm. within like, especially the context of this issue. Um, but it was kind of hard for it to, uh, to follow all the art we got in the Ewok issue. I'm not going to lie. I was like, not that mm-hmm. it was a step down. It wasn't, of course, I would never say that it's, you know, a step it's down or different. Anything. It was just different. And yeah. I was, I was on such a high from the Ewok issue that I was like, Oh, okay. We're back to normal here. Exactly. So here's a quick question. Do you think, do you think he's like a great coworker or do you think this would be a terrible coworker at your actual job here? Uh, it's one of those coworkers that you're like, Oh my God, just, just stop trying, man, just, please just, just like keep making everything worse. Just, just, I, you know, just do your job and shut up sort of thing. <laughs> I think he'll be fine. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be fine. If he's in someone else's department. Mm, yeah yeah like he's that nice guy that you're like he's chill but you don't want to actually like be on shift with him if you don't have to like you know like you you're fine like you know you know nodding at each other at the water cooler but it's like hey do you want to go to lunch together oh i have to make a call yeah Uh, yeah working through so many emails to catch up on emails yeah so (laughs) poor guy all right all right so our penultimate i believe is Mm. the if we have the empire we must also have the rebellion, which is the, of course, the, um, the Admiral Akbar pointing meme cover that it has graced <laughs> us with. I, w- I, if nothing else, I do appreciate that. Oh yes, the, uh, the, uh, it's a trap meme uh, cover. It's, um, it's here. It's a thing. We finally have official uh, things. So if the Empire, you know, was kind of like a really erudite, quick one, the rebellion one is, like, here we go. All right, let me try to summarize this. Oh yes, here we go. The uh, the pointing finger. Here we go. Uh, re- rebellion. An assassination uh, attempt is out against Mon Mothma with precious little information. Admiral Akbar sends his two most trusted agents and comics power couple, Sherabay and Kess Dameron, after them. Tracking down the money, the, comp- the couple finally uh, tracks down Mothma's secret meeting, interrupt the assassin, uh, but are actually defeated by the assassin and in, in turn saved by Mon Mothma herself. Um, so, this one, you know, this is one of the ones we were talking about where most definitely it fits a lot of story into these like 30, 36 pages here. There's a lot going on with this uh, with this comic here. Almost in like stark contrast to the Empire. Well, of course, the Rebellion and the Empire are two different things. But like while the Empire one shot was a very like focused on like one character and one very specific thing, there's like like what eight different named characters nine different named characters throughout this one each one with at like least a paragraph of text or so yeah it, a lot funny. happens in here it's also so this is written by alex segura and like i didn't like i didn't even like look at the creative team i was just reading it and i get like pretty far through and like there's these things because like i know shara bay i know kess and i know mon mothma but like i'm like i don't there's these characters I feel like I should recognize and I don't like, it's like, it's treating me like I have some prior knowledge. And then I get to the spice runner spice runners of Kijimi part. I'm like, Oh, I it's, it's written by Alex Segura who wrote Poe Dameron Freefall, which is the Poe Dameron prequel novel, uh, or, or origin story novel. It's a YA book. Uh, and with his time with the spice runners of Kijimi and it's like, Oh, I'm sure I would recognize these two characters on the screen. I'm sure I would recognize the like agent at the end. There's a lot of things where I'm like, I would probably know that, uh, but I didn't. 
because I haven't read this book. It's on my TBR out in the hallway. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, in the background there. I think I I think the bounty hunter might be new. I don't know that it's from that book. But yeah. one of the coolest designs I would say we've seen in a while. I don't know yes. what the alien name is. It's Aranoc, like an, I think it's like has it's, two A's in it. It's one of those uh, like Mosaisley Cantina style aliens, and half of its face is an IG droid, and it has a giant sniper rifle. It looks pretty sick. Yeah, um, no, this is one of my favorite. I at first Arcona. I was like, it's a uh, it's a it's a Arcona. Okay, cool. I thought I didn't know what I was looking at at first. I was like, "That's an IG. Dro- That's not an IG droid. Why is that IG droid's head sideways? It's not sideways. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those things. Oh, it's one of those things with an IG." Like I went through that whole progression uh, while I was reading this this issue, and it was really good. I thought it was interesting that like it was one of the it, it, it was a very good cocky bounty hunter kind of character mm-hmm. where where we got the the like oh this is my favorite sniper rifle and i only bring it out when i'm going to use it for something super important but i thought that it was really cool that besides the fact that they were able to threaten mon Mothma's life that they did tie it pretty well into the rest of the overarching story of return of the jedi they were able to like incorporate the 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 entire like rebellion resources and how they were allocating them leading up to the the problems that they were going to face at endor like finding the death star plans and hitting the empire where it hurts and stuff like that so to see the kind of like the character of mon mothma be able to have that moment of like oh don't allocate any resources to me i'm not as important as the mission of the rebellion that was really cool i love her character um and she was drawn really well in this issue and I don't know. I, I I had a lot that I liked about this, besides the fact that there were huge blocks of text and a bunch of characters I didn't know, and that it felt like it should have been three issues. Yeah, yeah. It, need, it needed more breathing room, which is like it like it feels weird to say as a criticism because like you know if this was a four issue miniseries, I would probably enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, but and also if I had read a lot, Freefall. Oh damn, we're in Freefall. Yeah, yeah. Maybe in like a month. I no, that's I'm kidding. There's no way I'll, <laughs> I would. I, it's pretty high up on my TBR, but we also have two books coming out in like the next week and a half. So the odds of me getting to that anytime soon, not very good. Which uh, it's funny, funny you bring that up because for those of you who don't know and haven't read the UTN recommended reading order on utn.com, our recommendation is that you always read books within a month of them coming out and then try mm-hmm. to catch up in the meantime because there's not a new book coming out every week. So That's what I'm you doing can, right now. There you go. There you go. Ooh. What what you what that's what we all try to do because we realize how hard it is to keep up with all these freaking books as they come out, especially when something like uh, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi comes out and it's a big boy, and you're like, yeah. uh, we gotta we gotta work to get through this I, thing. So I think and we're all, yeah, and I we're on the like comic cycle pages that we, or something. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and we're also on a comic cycle, so something new is coming out every single week. So yeah, I, I do have some. We some have a podcast about it. Pop out here. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I just found it fun that you brought up you know the, the uh, bounty hunter talking about their weapon and they they re, a refit a refit a2080 my darling that's just a normal rebellion blaster like that's what you used in battlefront 2 the entire time <laughs> when it's, i saw that design it's like really did that's just a normal blaster rifle bro it's, well it's hey again we, we've had cool. we've had artists that definitely drew tuscan raiders with ak47s um but you know, he may have a cool sniper rifle and a cool design, but it will never be as cool as the member of the orphans that had a coaxium bullet to shoot us like a ship out of the sky. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that was that, that was, was insane. That you can't top fun. that. No, you can't. Now another thing is, I don't there know if you is. have the images of it, but there's there's a scene where Shara Bay is and then Cass are uh, are like raiding like in like the uh, money man's, and I swear Shara's wearing something Padme wore. She's like in an all white jumps out. It's pretty close. Like purple uh, outline. So I'm not sure if you know that was something that that was like a conscious decision or it's just like you know what i'm sure padme and this makes total sense was a total fashion icon during her time oh yeah she just she was inspiring yeah uh galactic fashion uh like 20 years after she died like that makes that it that makes the most sense out of anything i've ever heard in star wars that's the best star wars theory ever depending depending on the fashion cycles in a galaxy far far away it's vintage it's vintage Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely just it's coming back into its own like right now everybody's wearing like 80s band tees and it's like the the hit the pits of fashion right now so yeah i mean there's literally a comic story about the dresses of uh of uh queen amidala so you know Wait, really? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's actually a po, it's a in Poe Dameron, yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's Maybe really it's it's fun. It's fun. It's like, a, it's like a side plot. Well, not a side plot. It's like a plot device. It's not like the main focus, but yes. That's cool. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, no, the the absolute like I, I need to get into that's the lore I want. That's the mini series, comics mini series I want is just like some sort of celebrity in the Star Wars universe trying to figure out what's in style and then just like I don't know. Oh, there's this well, the senator from Naboo, and look at this. Look what she wore. She even got captured and fought like beasts in a Geonosian arena with it. Now, now there's. I oh, feel like that it. is part of a book. I was like, I feel like there is something like that specifically talks about. Oh, it's like in one of the Queen's books, they kind of like talk about like how Padme's styles are like being adopted in certain ways around Naboo. Really but, makes total sense. Yeah. Now, I do have one other thing I want to point out, and because she's kind of a major player here, Mon Mothma, I do, do want to ask you guys some questions, because I just went through all of Rebellion with our Rebels with my wife here, um, mm-hmm. and she's not seen everything. She hasn't seen Andor, and that's kind of like the big thing here. And she's like, well, at the end, she's like, man, that Mon Mothma withholding, like, you know, uh, uh, she's like withholding all those support from all the Rebels here, and like, you know, being like mean. She's, so I f- feel like my wife is like anti-mon mothma here and it's like it's hard to like argue that she's not getting a bad bad ish like reputation from rebels but it's also like 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 i feel like mon mothma's reputation is like is she always like a perfect paragon of like goodness here or do you think there's some like area for grayness in her characterization i i think she's so like i i I didn't have a strong opinion on her until Andor, and now mm-hmm. I really enjoy her character a lot more. Obviously, it's like the biggest spotlight she's ever gotten in like her forty mm-hmm. years now of uh, of life. Um, I think she is someone who has tried to stay above board while also holding the strings together of something that's like rapidly, you know, being tried to pull be being pulled apart. Um, so she is doing the absolute best she can while also, you know, trying to be good morally, which is a very difficult situation to be in when you are facing a literal galactic empire. Um, but, you know, I think she has all, she has a lot more f- like arguable flaws after the war is over and how mm-hmm. she handles the galactic government from that point. But, you know, for now, I think she's a pretty solid character. I think she's to put it in like super unfair to her terms. I would think she's kind of like a 
I won't say end justifies the means. It's just like for better or worse for the good of the rebellion kind of thing. Mm. Um, and so like whether that means trying to forego resources to keep herself safe for the better of the of the empire or what have you, like I or better for the rebellion, not the mm, empire, rebellion. Bad. Um, <laughs> but for whatever the case, whatever the the cost, the death of Both and spies, things like that. She's also she's always been that that like do what we have to do. Yeah, we're saving more lives than we're losing, kind of thing. It seems mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, there, there's also a scene from I think it was a uh, you know uh, Utini favorite uh, Lost Stars where like our main character comes across Mon Mothma and like he like makes a, a, a point that you know she's kind of like the counter to Palpatine. You know she's like the mm-hmm. good version of Palpatine, and I can see that read, but I'm not sure if I agree a hundred percent with it. I don't know. I feel like she needs like- me a few more characterizations. I think it's a very just like, you know, if you're talking from the lens of a character in the world, I think it's a very surface level and like observation someone might make. They're like, oh, it's mm-hmm. the here. There's the the, the bad guy leader yeah. that I've never like personally interacted with and the good guy leader that I'm barely interacting with. Like for him to be like, it's that person. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense in in, in that character's mind. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I could I could I could see that she's definitely that may be more of what her character is is just a for surface level like anti-palpatine interesting I, that's a pretty good way of putting it but. yeah yeah that's a fun cap deep dive into a side character speaking of deep dives into like side characters someone who gets almost as much screen time in the original trilogy as uh as a uh, mon mothma it's time for the max rebo uh one shot like of all the characters of uh like side characters like i like I don't think Max Rebo was on the top of anyone's list, but here it is. Like, just before we get into this, do you think Daniel Jose Older wrote this one because he's like, man, I can't wait to talk about Max Rebo? Or was he like looking at Twitter and seeing that, you know, all the memes about Max Rebo when he came back in Book of Boba Fett's like, you know, this this could be a lot of uh, fun, you know, you know, mining this meme uh, canyon here. I think he said there's not enough plot to assassinate Java stories. <laughs> That's true. I think that's what it was. He was like, we need to get Jabba. No, not enough people are trying to kill Jabba. So. <laughs> the Max Rebo band's got to get in on this action. He also uh, really wanted to make sure we understood exactly that Ordolans have two legs and no arms and not uh, and not four appendages. That's very. Uh, it's a very important uh, debate we have to clear up here. Is that, wait, that's a real thing? Yes, yeah, because yeah, like, the puppet in the movie, like he's playing with his feet. Yeah, like the feet come up, and there's like a lot of confusion on if he's playing with his feet and his arms are down by his side or whatever. <laughs> so there have been like different ways they've been drawn over the years. But yes, the actual, especially because like if you actually like if you look at it, it looks like it's just shoulders. Like mm-hmm. he has like kind of like very like wrinkly shoulders, but no, those are his legs that are hinged and coming all the way up. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like the what you think are his shoulders are actually his knees that are like just up alongside him. So then, how do you shr- how does he shrug? I need to, I need to I need um, a full anatomy deep dive. I guess you would have to like like kind of lift up from your from your waist almost yeah, like your hips, doing like, rever- your hips. Doing like reverse squats over here, just shrugging. Yeah. Like I have no idea, guys. Yeah, he does nothing every day, every day for uh, Max Rebo's leg day. So (laughs) I 
guess that's the case if you don't have anything else to work out. What are you doing today? Legs, man. I don't. I don't know. Like, uh, he work out his trunk, maybe. I guess. Yeah, no, he, get, he he's he gets some e- some ear splits in, but you know. Do you think that he's in on uh, when Khan is doing um, Leku Day? Oh he's, yeah, he's, go- like, he's going probably. there. He's like, I'm gonna do yeah. trunk. You do Leku. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll we'll spot each other. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. sounds so, good. So the the story of this one is, uh, you know, Max leads himself and his band through the deadly last days of Jabba's court as tensions rise between his two drummers and the ghost of his own past. But in the end, the band survives the uh, destruction of Jabba's barge as Max Rebo flees and leaves behind a the deadly uh, cloud of death that has been hanging over him the entire time at court. Um you know, this one is kind of fun. I, I kind of like how it has like the almost like the A story of like Max Rebo and his like literal ghost of his own past, like chasing him of another like foot for uh, hands race of of uh, the Doug. Race. Yeah, yeah the Doug there, and then also like the uh, difference between like was it the Weequay and the um... Nikto? Nikto, yes. Or and, wait, like, no, he's a, no, it's not Nikto. It's a Klatuinian. Klatuinian, yes, as his two drummers like are at odds between like, is it okay to protect Jabba for everything he's done, or should we like follow our like rules and actually try to kill Jabba, the evil um you know, crime lord of all, as they come to literal blows about it. Um man, like this story was actually like it was a good story, but it's like, man, Max is like a real bummer of a dude, like for uh, the entire time of it. it's like it's not like i was disappointed it's like wow this character is like super tragic and sad and like crying all the time it's this is uh kind of, it's kind crazy. of like an eeyore kind of type character i mean they're both yeah. basically elephants anyways <laughs> i was just gonna say it was a very eeyore vibe and then at the end he comes around and he like, gets a little sassy like it was nice mm-hmm. yeah. um but yeah no this is a fun little story it didn't focus on max rebo a lot it feels like they used the max rebo name to, to kind of sell some copies but no, it was good. It was fun. Uh, like I said, another plot to kill Jabba. That's always nice. Uh, hey, we actually did see him die. We did yeah. see and, him die. And I, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Um, I don't know if you have that panel or not. Um, I, I, I saw a, a few. Con- I can't remember who mentioned this. I saw some other people talking online how they really enjoyed this panel because obviously, like, there's been a lot of discourse and discussion over the depiction of Leia on Tatooine in this movie, um, and. And the recent, I think this was like maybe like a maybe started around the bloodline time. Um, mm. They started referring to her as Hut Slayer Leia, which is a little bit more of a empowering name than what she's traditionally been called over the past forty years. Um, what was that Starship Leia? Yes, <laughs> I was about it, to exactly. make the same joke, Parker. <laughs> so, but like the cool thing about the cool thing about this panel is like you are showing the like power of what she's able to do and take down Jabba. But by doing it, by giving it a silhouette, you're kind of taking away the like objectification angle of it, which I think is like kind of a very tasteful and cool way to handle this. That like, we know what happens, but you're, you're, you're emphasizing and focusing on like the important parts of her character, which is her taking down Jabba. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. I hadn't even thought about that way, but now that I, I yeah, I didn't either. I, I someone sense. someone on Twitter had mentioned it, and I, I feel bad that I don't remember who had met, had said this originally. But yeah, uh, it's a yeah. it's a pretty cool panel. Once, yeah, it's it's almost like a counter because like if you look at you know I was doing a lot of just some googling for like re- 
you know, Return of the Jedi comics. And if you look at all the old, like, trade paperbacks and, like, the actual, you know, comics retelling versions, like, you see, uh, you see, uh, you know, Hut Killer Leia in, like, front and center on every single, like, you know, issue cover for, like, all those trade paperbacks. Like, you know, like, look, we got this here. We're going to sell a lot of copies if we do this. So it's nice that we can, like, take a step back, you know, do something a little bit more reserved and put her in silhouette here. I feel like that was a, a, an interesting and, and probably a smart idea. I feel like we've, uh, mm-hmm. we've kind of, I don't, this sounds bad, but like we've milked that cow. Like that, that, that is a well that is, we don't have to keep going back to anymore. Yeah. And it wasn't like it was, I think that this issue, and I don't know if I grabbed any of the panels, but this issue towed a line of like, there is a time and place. Like when there, there are certain uh, female characters in this issue specifically that do have like a, uh, they're, like scantily clad or wearing anything like that. And it's part of the character. Like there's Boba Fett is like being distracted by one of them at one point. Mm -hmm. And it's like Mm -hmm. a part of what is going on in the scene. And when it's important to the narrative, then it's, it's shown. But when it, like, like you said, there Hutzleya Leia didn't need to be the way that she was. And we've had that conversation for years and everything like that. But Mm -hmm. to show the important part of the scene without the part that we didn't need was pretty nice. I like that a lot. But can we can we mention another very powerful woman that made an appearance at the end of this comic book? Yes, I have that. Oh, I had that panel. Oh, there we go. Ma- Madam Garsif Whip. Mm, yes. I did not expect this to be here again. It's like it's like the end of Empire, where I'm like, whoa, Andor Prison. It's like, whoa, Garsif Whip. You know the you know st- the star of the show of book of boba fett it's not book mm-hmm. of boba fett it's it's go- book of garsif whip <laughs> real um we, we all know that she did her and max did find a way to survive and make it out of the that uh cantina or whatever at the, yeah, end of the explosion episode. yeah exactly you know listen boba Every, fett survived fine. being eaten by a sarlacc so there's absolutely no way they didn't make it out of that place but max rebo's already we've shown in this thing how he managed to escape from one giant exploding barge there's absolutely mm-hmm. no way he couldn't do it again so no sure. like you know to kind of focus back on max here like do you think you'll ever be able to look watch episode six again and not get a like a little teary-eyed about like max and his like poor like deaf like fugue he's been in the last you know four months working for java or however long well you know he comes out the other side <laughs> that I, does I, help i think the the vibes of jedi rocks are going to overwhelm <laughs> any other thoughts i have about him as a character to be honest <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, but, but another character I'm also interested to see what they do with for, um, for, from a certain point of view, I think, I think this one might be Phil Shostak is doing this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't but, wait for it. Can't wait for it to have yeah, completely disagree from everything that we've seen today and have like <laughs> an art that discourse again about what's actually canon. See, that's, that's the, that's the, just the vibe from a certain point of view. Yeah. It's, you know. It can be canon as much as you want it to be, to be honest. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's like it's like that interview that gets tossed around a lot of uh I almost just said Mark Ruffalo. Wow, Dave Filoni, when he's in the mm. in the interview where he's like, Yeah, well, I, you know, talking to George, he always thought that anything that wasn't on screen was sort of like legends and like that is that got that kind of vibe. Obviously, I don't really subscribe to that total whole yeah. line of th- thinking, but there is something to be said for things like from a certain point of view and stuff like didn't. Necessarily well, it's like happen. even like Dave said, like with Tales of the Jedi, he's like, that was just kind of like my thought of what might my, my uh, what might have happened. Yeah. 
that also spawned a whole another conversation that I don't want to talk about right now because it's not going to be fun. But hey, no, especially you know. not on in, on the Utini Podcast Network. Probably <laughs> it's going to also throw on the comic book show where we yeah. get to talk about comic oh, books Lord. and also occasionally Brandon Sanderson <laughs> and or because manga you know, because you know comics have never been trampled over or you know had not trampled over that sounds too vindictive but comics have never been had a had you know important parts from comics you know disregarded in you know television shows before no but we got black, black chrysanthemum that would that is true we did we get black chrysanthemum first now okay we, we this is going guns. to be i just want to bring this up here because it, this is something to cycle back you mentioned bloodlines jacob and there's mm-hmm. like a plot point Blood, where, bloodline you know, Bloodline. Key, key difference. Two different oh, sorry, books. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. In uh, is that Legends is Bloodlines. Legends is Bloodlines plural. The Legacy of the Force book. Oh. Bloodline singular is the Leia book. Leia. From canon. Yeah. Well, the Leia book in canon, like again, we we're referring to where she was talking about the you know, the Hut Slayer, and then mm-hmm. that like it was what I forget that was was that like the group of like nikto or weekway that was like talking to her about uh, it yeah it's it's uh rain riven d or whatever it's a it's a nikto which is interesting because in this novel it's the nikto like the clan that's like hey we gotta do everything we can to protect these huts like yes they enslave us yes they persecute us yes we're like bound to them but you know we gotta protect them because that's our job our duty mm-hmm. so it, it's it's interesting that that was like that was the group that was like hey we gotta protect java no matter what for sure you know they they had a nice like 25 years or so to reflect on on their decisions afterwards so you know that or is a different group you know just because they're all one there there are two separate like subspecies of nikto so oh yeah yeah there's actually i think there's three depending on which rule book you're looking at I, I don't have time to do a, a deep enough Wook dive on that one right now, but <laughs> I'll, not, I'll take your word for it. It's, 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 it depends text, on the, Trevor. It's it's on yeah. the it's on the uh, it depends on the rule book you're reading. I think it's yeah. Uh, I think uh, Trevor's probably asleep, books. but uh, well, maybe maybe next maybe next time. All right, guys, I really like these issues. That's what I say. That was all six of them. So okay, you really liked them. Do you have one that you liked more than the others? Uh, so the story from the Empire. The art from Ewoks. I, yeah, I think story from the Empire. I think I liked art from Jabba's Palace maybe a little bit more, just because I love like maybe also Max Reboot. I just love like the big crowd scenes of seeing all my favorite characters. The Lando mm-hmm. casino scenes were really good too. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, I've already said I am an Ewoks fan, and if you are interested in reading all these, they the nice thing is they've been released as one shots. They are also being collected as a trade paperback, all bound together pretty soon. I think yes, probably in the next like month or two. And yeah, the best part. Uh, it should be out. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say it should be out soon. It's gonna be collected, and the they're they're using the Jabba's palace cover uh, for the cover of the trade. It's good. It looks like it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. perfect. Looks and uh, yeah, one thing I was going to say is the good news is unlike a lot of these ones here, like the trade paperbacks and different things, you don't gotta worry about the reading order. No, you really don't. That's just true. you know, just, just read it in the way it goes. Like. I can't think of a better reading order or anything like that. It's it it flows well as it is. Maybe read Max Rebo and Java's Palace close to each other because those, <laughs> those stories. Everyone's are, trying to kill. Everybody's, everybody's trying to kill, kill Java. Java. Everybody's trying to kill Java. Still don't think there's enough of those. Still don't. Sure. Still don't think that. 
Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate you guys. I love the, I like, the, I like the, the reading material for this, for this week. We will let you guys know on Twitter moving forward, uh, what you should probably take a look at if you want to join in on the conversation for next episode. But before we get out of here, there's a couple news pieces, some oh, yeah. Moco news. I don't know, Jacob, do you want to touch on that? Yeah. So the, the smaller one, Peach Momoko, the world famous variant cover artist is doing a Ahsoka variant for Mandalorian season two, either issue four or five, wherever she first shows up on the TV show with unknown comics. I ordered one by the time you listen to this, I don't think you can buy them anymore. So I'm sorry, but it looks gorgeous and I'll show it to you in a couple weeks or months, probably whenever it comes out. But the more exciting one is they announced uh, about a week ago, I think that they're doing a new visions story. So you have, when Vision Season 1 came out, they had Ronin, which was an adaptation of the episode The Duel. And then they also did a separate comic book that was also an adaptation of the TV show, uh, of that episode of The Duel. Except well, Ronin is like a full story, and that I think was just The Duel, if I remember correctly. It, was, it wasn't, if I remember reading it, I don't think it was actually the story. I feel like there was like another story, like using the same character in the same world, but he's like fighting essentially Afro Samurai. Like uh, I think it didn't, it spring. didn't it come like right before the, the like episode took place, maybe? I, I can't remember. Anyways, it was very cool, but it was just like a random one shot. Um, and now they're doing a new thing. It is a, it's, Peach Momoko is doing a original story. She also, you know, of course, did the Vader Black and White and Red story, but there's a original full length comic book issue that is um, like Visions kind of just gives a like chance to tell a Star Wars based story to animation studios. They're now giving the chance to tell a one shot story to artists. So Peach does writing and, and, you know, art as well. So she's going to do her own issue. And they said there's going to be more to come. So I don't know if you all had any, you know, if you could like pick one person to do an issue, what it would be. I can start off because I already know mine. Okay. Mine would be, so they, uh, she's done Star Wars before. Elsa uh, Charte. I, I can't do French, man. Uh, she, Charte, whatever. She does, she did a lot of the uh, Forces of Destiny and a bunch of the IDW comics back in the day um, and is a writer artist as well. Um, it's like very like Darwin Cook um, kind of style art if you're familiar with his stuff like Golden Age like very like pointed chins you know what I'm talking about? Mm. But yeah, or um, yeah, I don't know. I love her art quite a bit. Um, and I would really enjoy seeing her get to do more Star Wars because it's been a while. So I like that. I I off the dome piece because uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really think about this beforehand. Yeah. But I don't really have a particular. I don't really have a particular artist I'd like to see so much as I don't know. Much like uh, Jabba assassination attempts, there's not enough Darth Vader comics. So maybe Frank Miller's take on Vader would be pretty cool. Mm. Ooh, that'd be that'd be kind of interesting. Is oh, Frank Miller okay. still working? No. Okay, I was no, like, he does comic cons. That's that's okay. about it. <laughs> that, that, that's that's his job. Like, he's get the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like i don't know like maybe my gut reaction was like i would like to see phil noto do more like interior star wars covers like more yeah artwork so that's like my gut like i don't know if he would be interested in writing here part of me is also like i don't know maybe you need you need to get some like really far afield here like you know pull in like some like japanese mangaka like you know like you know taite kubo who did bleach or something like that get oda real man like he's about to be done with one piece in like six seven years maybe like he'll want to do that saying that for like honestly the uh the artist who did the third volume of the higher public edge of balance Mm. uh, i i'd be interested to see more of their work okay more star wars manga this is a star wars manga uh advocate show now exactly like listen we're we're comics show so might as well be jumped that up on there so go definitely our territory one and if it happens oh yeah for sure yeah so everybody else step up (laughs) uh yeah, no, super excited for those Peach Momoko uh, mm-hmm. covers and stories and a whole issue of Visions, especially because Ronan was so good. I'm really excited to see what's coming out of that. Uh, what do we get to look forward to next time, though? Yeah, for issues coming in the next two weeks, we got Bounty Hunters 37, Mando Season 2, Episode 3, or Issue 3, uh, Hyperspace Stories number 8, Star Wars 38, so we get more Lando, Lando on Jabba's Palace uh, with Lobot. And then Dark Droids number two, which is probably going to be, I'd imagine, the one we might want to talk about next time. But we'll definitely keep you all Depends. Posted. We could we could let it breathe a little bit and we then could, cover could, a couple I issues. Should, I feel like we could let it breathe a little bit and, you know, maybe do a slight recap on some of the other mainline themes. You know, go back an arc or two. We'll find out. We'll, you'll Mark, you'll find yeah, out. You'll, you'll know on Twitter and, and Discord or X or whatever, you know. Follow us somewhere and you'll probably know what we're talking about ahead of time. According to the marketing team, it's Twitter. Twitter, er, Eugenie say in Twitter. So here we go. Okay. <laughs> X formerly Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, all right. Well, thank you so much for watching this week, guys. We really, really appreciate it. That is going to do it for this week's episode of the Cosmic Force. Do not forget to like and subscribe to the show right here on YouTube, where you can watch us every other wednesday we also encourage you to subscribe to our audio version of whatever podcast platform you listen to you can follow us on twitter and tweet at the show at cosmic force show to stay informed about star wars comics happenings and what we're going to talk about next week or next show just like we do every single time um you can follow the host individually at parker kirk caleb is at caleb Lamnack, jacob is at jacob bosch for review articles and news and the rest of the wide galaxy of star wars content be sure to visit utini.com. We encourage you to join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. And you can help support the show, like I said earlier, by heading to patreon.com slash utini and start receiving exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month. Especially thank you to Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Carl Sanders, Zach W, Michael Fry, and Raymond Basinski on our Jedi High Council, and James T, Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, Chris Carrizo, and the return of Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. Thank you again to Caleb and Jacob for hosting with me, and a special thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us. We truly appreciate you. See everybody in two weeks, and may the Force be with you.